0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Petrone. It's so refreshing, refreshing, to do this show again. Last year was getting me down. It was Trump's worst year. Every day was a new crisis, a new problem, some vile and sick but they had to be reported. They had to be responded to. But it was garbage most of the time we were dealing with garbage. Uh, Now, I think the news that's being created under the Biden administration is normal political news. It's not all kumbaya, uh, obviously, uh, and there's a lot of accusations that get thrown back and forth, but nothing reaches the depths of Donald Trump. Uh, And so it's nice to talk about normal things. Tonight, we're going to go visit Key West, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Hawaii, Miami Beach, South Beach, Key Largo, Boulder, Colorado, Cuba, Boise, Idaho, and San Francisco. Hope I get them all in. Now, I, who said we have nice things to talk about, what I'm going to open with may not be nice I don't know how it's all going to play out in the end. Uh, Nothing as vicious as Donald Trump, however. But involves a very close Donald Trump associate, ally, always standing with him. Always. And this fellow that I'm going to mention now reminds me of, he stands with Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, you follow me? January 6th, the individual I'm going to mention now, said, after all this stuff occurred uh, on January 6th, said it wasn't Republicans, it wasn't our people in effect, it was Antifa, you know, the, the liberal group, Antifa that did all this. Uh, he, he, the man never sees straight, he doesn't want to see straight, he lies. Okay, who am I talking about? Uh, this is breaking news, by the way. Break, real breaking news. The first time it hit uh, the news, uh, the media was an hour and 15 minutes ago, about 745 tonight, Eastern Standard Time. It is Matt Gates. Matt Gates, uh, 38 years old, Florida Congressman. His district, I think, is somewhere near uh, Orlando. I don't believe it includes Orlando. Uh, He is under investigation uh, over possible sex trafficking with an underage girl. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is a guy that accuses everyone of everything, generally false. I don't know if this is false. He's under investigation by the FBI. He has been under the investigation of the FBI for this charge since late last year sometime. While Trump was still president and you know who initiated the investigation the investigation against him? Attorney General Barr. Very interesting, isn't it? Uh so what are we talking about here? Um it's under investigation. He's the subject of an investigation. Uh, and uh nothing's happened yet, but here it's the issue is whether he had sex with a 17-year-old girl and paid her to travel with him for purposes of sex. Uh, You know, we have federal trafficking, sex trafficking laws. Some things you can't do, okay? You can't do. And we have a variety of federal statutes, worse than any state statutes, which make it illegal to induce someone under the age of 18, to travel over state lines to engage in sex for money or something of value. Note, there are no charges against the congressman as yet. He is merely a subject of the investigation ongoing since the fall, I guess, last year. They weren't specific. This is all new breaking news. You'll hear more about it tomorrow, I'm sure. This was in the New York Times tonight. that came out with it. Uh, Gates said, Really, I didn't do anything bad. This is my terminology. He says the investigation by the FBI is part of a scheme involving, and I quote, false sex allegations, unquote, uh, to extort him and his family for $25 million. Okay? And this extortion, he says, began this month. And, of course, he went to the FBI for protection, and since that time, During this month, he and his father have been wearing a wire, okay, after they were approached by these people who said they couldn't make the investigation, and I quote, go away. Well, if he did the bad thing, sex with under 18 with a 17-year-old girl and took her across state lines to do it, that happened last year. It didn't happen this year. And what he's talking about, the extortion claim, happened this month to Frenier. So it, it's because he's wearing a wire, he and his father. Now it's a different issue related, but not related. I'm interested to see what happens because this guy is very, very much and has been very, very much anti uh, Biden. I think anti good because everything this guy supports is garbage. He's like Donald Trump. He was a strong advocate for Donald Trump. He stood with Donald Trump. In fact, he said on the last impeachment of Donald Trump, that he would leave Congress to defend Donald Trump in the impeachment proceeding. What a hero. Okay, my friends, this is interesting times when it comes to the coronavirus and the vaccine shots. Uh, On Saturday, this past Saturday, I received my second shot. I was thrilled to go, and I'm thrilled to report it. I reported it in my blog. This is one of the most wonderful things that's happened to me. Protect me from this disease. Protect me from this virus. And there must be a lot of people think like me. There were a hell of a lot of people at the high school where I went for the shot, more than when I went for my first shot. Uh, Anyhow, I have been in self-quarantine for 395 days. That's more than a year. I have remained home. I have gone nowhere except to the hospital several times, many times, and to doctor's offices. I've been examined for everything, it seems. Fortunately, nothing bad at any time. Be that as it may, uh, I've now had my second shot, and the word is that ten days after you have the shot, uh, you're free to go out again if you've been quarantining yourself. Well, I'm going to wait two weeks. I'm going to wait till a week from Saturday, which will be two weeks, and I'm going out. That will mean I have been quarantine for four hundred and six days. Amazing. Uh and I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go downtown. I'm gonna go I'm gonna wear my mask, a social distance if I have to, I'll take my mask off when I can. I'm gonna sit at a bar, I'm gonna drink a pee peter gin on the rocks, and I wanna talk to people. I don't care if they're tourists, I don't care if they're locals. I've had it with being alone. I've got to say it, it gets to you after a while, and it's gotten to me. So I'm excited that on April 10th, I'm going to be out on the street. And what a way, huh? 406 days total. I've been saying to myself the last couple of weeks, you probably think I'm getting crazy. I'm really not, but it does get to you. I mean, I'm here all alone. Thank God I got the blog. I got this show. I do a lot of research. I've been working on another book. Uh, but the thought occurred to me about two weeks ago, how bad can jail be? I just went through a year of really no communication and association with people. I could handle a year in jail. At least I'd have fellow convicts, fellow you know jailmates to communicate with. I didn't have that here. But I didn't have the Internet, and I communicated with some friends across the world. <laughs> All right, and and my especially my blog, uh, I, I might have gone buggy, close, but again, I could do jail time, because you you know you reorder your life and you accept it, and you got more communication and exposure to people than I've had during coronavirus. Okay, yesterday very sad day in analyzing and discussing coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Rochelle Walensky is the, the director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. She went on television, radio. She announced to the media. She announced to the citizens of the United States. She announced to the world. Note, she is the director of the CDC that there is, and I quote, an impending doom, an impending doom, okay, what's happening now? There's a sharp increase in new coronavirus cases and hospitalizations. They're both up pretty good, and they keep going up, she thinks. They're going to keep going up. She says we're going into the fourth surge, and when we go into a surge, the numbers go up, and she's worried this time it may be bad, bad. It's always been bad, but bad, bad it gives it emphasis. That, uh, by the way, the deaths are moving up also, but not at the same speed as acquiring the the virus or hospitalizations. Uh, if they go up, uh, she says, and she's scared. Actually, her words were, and I quote: "Right now, I'm scared." because she's scared this thing's going to get out of hand with the fourth surge. The fourth surge is going to have the variants. You know, it started off coronavirus. The coronavirus expanded. I don't know. I don't understand the variants other than some new type germ was added to or coronavirus developed another germ within itself, and it can infect people uh, with the variants, coronavirus variants, as opposed to just variants. And apparently this is going to make it a major disaster, an absolutely major disaster. There are numbers kept by the CDC on a daily basis of the virus all over the country. And they do a seven-day average every day. The seven-day average through yesterday, okay, are you ready for this, was 63,000 new coronavirus cases. Now, what? 63,000 coronavirus cases in a week? No big deal. We've had more, we've had less. This represents though, the three million average for the last seven days, a 16% increase, 16% increase. Now that's big, that's phenomenal. And she says deaths are rising more slowly, but they're up to 1,000 per day again, and she anticipates they will go higher. Now, why is all this happening? Everything has a cause and everything has an effect. She says the recent increases in travel, you know, you get on an airplane, you go visit there, you go there. How many people took planes to come to South Beach for, for, uh, uh, for spring break? Uh, people are traveling. I mean, I, I my cocktail's at 7. She came from Seattle to spend two weeks in Fort Lauderdale uh, with a girlfriend and drove down here for two days to Key West. She's nuts. I told her. I told her she shouldn't even travel like that. But, she's, by the way, she's had her two shots. She feels she's free to go. I wouldn't go that far. I might go to a bar and have a drink, only one drink, because I've got to see somebody face-to-face and talk to them. Anyhow, it's the recent increase in travel, the CDC uh, believes, and this is terrible, that some states are loosening up with the restrictions that were imposed. Like, my friends, and this is Lewis talking, our good Governor DeSantis here in Florida, who three days before the spring breakers hit South Beach, he said, all restrictions on businesses are lifted. The guy's nuts i said it then i say it now he's the worst governor in the united states trump said repeatedly last year the best governor in the united states i can't believe this is desantis the state hates him i don't know how they elected him it was a close election uh he's a republican uh but bad just because just bad uh and the Republicans who have some degree of influence, CPAC, they had their meeting two, or three weeks ago, they took a vote. Who do you think came out first if Trump wasn't involved in the candidates for twenty uh, four for the 2024 presidential election? Who came out first for the Republican nomination? By a long shot, our Governor DeSantis. Everybody's crazy. The state, the people, the CPAC was crazy. The people, keep it up, the people of Florida are increasingly dis- disliking this man. Uh, everything he does is wrong. I won't go into it tonight. I've gone into it other nights. I write it in my blog. I don't want to bore you again with that. Which now brings me to what I am going to call a life in exile. I wrote about this in my blog this morning. A life in exile. What am I talking about? Well, uh there are people in this country who refuse to receive the vaccine shots. They don't believe in it. They don't believe there is a coronavirus bug that makes people sick or kills them. Uh, they don't believe the vaccine will help if there is a, a, a virus. Uh, they believe the vaccine will, down the road, cause them to be sick or die because it wasn't tested sufficiently uh, or enough time given to the testing. Uh, and so they say, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. I was watching a show on the media last week, one of the news shows, and they were interviewing a citizen of Georgia, which is a, a state in change. And they were interviewing some fella, pure intelligent. He wasn't he was articulate, he was in his mid-40s, I would say, maybe 50. And he refused to take the test, and he was asked why by the reporter who was interviewing him. He says, I don't believe there's a virus. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And he says, I, I, I don't believe this is good. I don't think it's been tested enough. Uh, and he said, and this was the most brilliant thing coming out of his mouth, I take my vitamin pills, all my vitamin pills. So I 'm not concerned. I wish him well. OK, so that 's what 's going on here, and governors like the Sanis are living, lifting restrictions. Some of them never had restrictions in their state. Localities had them and are now lifting them. So more people are saying, "Well, we got the virus, and we 're injecting people, but only 15, 16 percent of the population has been injected so far. You know, we got to do double shots with two of the three viruses. We're not there yet. We're close to getting there, very close, uh, but we're not there yet. But they see a hundred million already shots given. Remember, most of those have to have a second set of shots. So doesn't there's when you give you have two million shots? Oh, two hundred million shots out there. It's not going to be two hundred million people. It's a hundred million people that got the two shots they had to have, and. uh But people think, well, and also, you know, I'm an American. I have rights, okay? And they don't understand. There is nothing in this world, there is nothing in the Constitution that is absolute. There is no law that's ever been passed that is absolute. There is always an exception. And then there are a multitude of exceptions. Freedom of speech, one of our most glorious rights. Yet an individual cannot stand up in a crowded movie theater and yell fire. Why? Because everybody get up and run, and there are going to be more people hurt. Whether it's true or not, don't yell fire in a crowded theater. But these people think they can because they have rights, and you can't. It's like taking a person's gun away from them, as they say. I have a right. I have a Second Amendment right. Well, if they get sick and die, or their family does, you know what they can do with that right they were talking about now i've come up with a solution you're going to think i'm crazy i'm serious with what i'm saying let's isolate these people who don't want to take the shot that don't believe in it for whatever reason all right no problem uh i don't say you know let's put them in concentration camps or anything like that but they are a danger to the people who want to protect themselves. And I think there's about 75% of the people in this country who want to be protected against this virus. But that leaves 25% who don't, and that's a sizable number. I would take these people and do what we did with people, you're going to be shocked, I believe this though, who had leprosy. We put them on islands where no one could get near them, so they could infect no one. Places like what was it, Kela and Penny Keys Island. Uh, you want to do this? Fine. This is where you're going to live. We'll give you your selection. We'll help you create communities. Not you know, not just living uh, under umbrellas or tents or anything like that. But we're, our row houses. We're going to give you a community, and then you can live your life there. You can keep being an American citizen, but you're there with limited rights because you don't believe in coronavirus. And that's the only way, maybe, in the end, we are going to be able to protect this nation. It's our responsibility. It's our lives. I I, I went through this crap of isolating myself because I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about my grandchildren that I see, Robert and Allie, down here frequently. Uh, I don't want to give them the virus. Uh, And they don't want to give me the virus, but they're not doing anything yet because they're too young. It's just the way things are. And something's got to be done, and people aren't doing what's right. So the only alternative is, you're right. Here's your island. Go live there and leave us alone. Sounds strong. Sounds ridiculous. Not ridiculous, but strong conceitedly. Okay, which now brings me to... This is a coronavirus problem. I'm smiling as I say it. Uh, A survey was done by the University of California recently. (laughs) I'm laughing already, and I'm not arguing with the results of the survey. Uh, responsible group, the University of California, and they said that the uh, that Americans have gained roughly two pounds a month during lockdown. Uh, that's live. You know, lockdowns weren't forever in some places. A year, six months, two years. Uh, they've gained two pounds. Hell, I've been locked down for over a year. All right I've been quarantined self quarantined and people have gained two pounds and it's really added to the obesity problem uh, and these- the University of California said these findings are alarming, okay well, let me tell you about Lewis I've been in my diet has changed in here. you tend to eat a bit more, obviously you don't exercise i don't I don't walk anywhere uh I haven't gained a pound. I weigh today what I weighed when I started this. I weigh myself every day. I weigh the same weight, 230 pounds, which is heavy for a guy. But even though I haven't gained a pound, I got some pants that don't fit. I got some shorts that don't fit. I got underwear that doesn't fit. My stomach got big in the last year. And when I start going on, I've got to start walking. Now, this leg that bothered me for 17 days, I don't know if it's going to handle it, but I've got to try. And I, I've got to change my diet a bit because I've noticed that as you spend more time alone, at the beginning I was cooking for myself dinners. I learned how to cook some things. I was so proud of myself. Now I'm too lazy. It's a ham sandwich for lunch, another type of sandwich for dinner, a little ice cream. I'm a ice cream uh no booze so uh i i I've do stomach, i haven't gained a problem. stomach's got to go though uh, i mean i got shirts that when i sit down the buttons look like they're gonna pop so that's the story there let's talk about miami beach miami beach uh, the south uh spring breakers uh at south beach which is a 16 block area of miami beach lovely place Fun time! I haven't been there in years. I, I well, no, I'm I lying. I was in South Beach about five years ago when I took uh, my car up to be serviced, uh, and I stayed overnight on South Beach. Uh, I went out to dinner. I had a few drinks. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I'm too old for that kind of thing, though. You know, everybody's younger people. Everybody chasing each other. Fun time. Not not a disparaging or to be disparaging or anything. It's a fun time. Anyhow, the first weekend of spring break was two weekends ago, and it was a disaster apparently. Uh, they came Thursday night. Thousands. They were there. Thousands were there. I'm going to talk about where they came from in a moment. Uh, it was so bad that the mayor of Miami Beach and the police decided they had to change the curfew which was midnight to 6 before they came, they lowered the curfew to 8 o'clock at night. You could not be on the street after 8 o'clock. I didn't know how they were going to enforce this thing. I was watching it Thursday night, and they said, there's there's 8,000 people over there you're looking at uh, in in a video shop being taken down the street. Uh, How are they going to do this? People don't even listen anymore, okay, when these things happen. The first night was a little rough. It took them an hour and a half to get everyone off the street. The next night, Saturday night, there was no one on the street. It was either Saturday or Sunday the next night. I can't remember. The second night, there was no one on the street. The pictures they showed on the Internet, in the newspapers, they didn't even show a lot of vehicles parked there was nobody these kids got off the street at eight o'clock now why was there going to be problems in miami beach south beach and nowhere else you haven't heard any other community complaining uh there's another issue that because fort lauderdale was the big place this year in addition to miami beach those kids up there Nobody's complaining. We're down here in Key West. I thought Key West was going to be a disaster, as you well know. I thought when, my aunt, when South Beach went to the 8 o'clock curfew, they were going to come here. They didn't come here. However, about 50% of our visitors right now are college kids. The other 50% are older people in their 50s. Very interesting to mix this year. But we haven't had any problems. You haven't heard problems anywhere else in the country except on South Beach and Miami Beach. Uh, another problem is there were a number of blacks. In fact, on the first night when the trouble arose, most of the spring breakers were black. I'm not saying this to discriminate. I'm not a racist or anything like that. Uh, and they showed pictures of them. You couldn't find a white body running down the street. The black kids were raising hell. Why were they there? Well, from what I can gather, they, uh, a lot of them go to college down there now. There's uh, several new universities and colleges that have a large number of black college students. And they stayed and partied. Others came down and it became a black party. I'm not saying the blacks caused the trouble the first night. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just telling you what I saw. What I didn't like was the leaders of these great black organizations like Black Lives Matter and other organizations saying, oh, my God, look how discriminatory it is because the blacks are there. Look at those pictures. They don't want the black people to have a good time. They wouldn't say this if these were white people. Garbage, with all due respect. Garbage. Uh, Let's call what something is what it is. And it wasn't. It wasn't discriminatory. They were most of the people there on the night when the police and the mayor of Miami Beach were afraid there was going to be trouble. And note again, there was no trouble elsewhere in the United States. Uh, Key West has had a sub-lobster season, bad, Uh, I'll tell you how bad. Uh, The catch this year will be, it ends April 1st, the lobster season, will be near 3 million pounds. For the last 10 years, the average has been 5.2 million pounds. So we took a beating, you know why we took the beating? In August and September, hurricanes and tropical storms going to hit the floor of Florida Keys. They never came. They turned away at the last minute, and they went north, or they went south, but they never came. But they were sufficient enough, they're out 10, 20, 30 miles, to move the lobsters further north, because Key Largo and Miami had the best lobster seasons they have had in years, because the lobsters went up north, And those that were there didn't get bothered because the hurricanes and tropical storms did not come close. That, my friends, is the show for tonight. I have so much more to discuss, but that is the show for this evening. Thank you for joining me. Come back next week. I know you will. I love this show. I love doing it. I love the fact my numbers go up every week. Keep returning. I don't want the shock of them going down. Anyhow, that's what it is for tonight. God bless you all. See you next week.